All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is M.G. Govia. I'm the Education and Outreach Liaison at Oki 811. Um, we are recording this week's podcast, and we're going to be talking about locating. The most important thing, right? We need to get those lines located, know where they are before any excavation begins. And who I have joining us today is Jason Crow, And um, he is going to talk about pretty much all things um, locating, kind of go high level on it, get you some information so that you can understand the importance of it, how to do it, why to do it, and um, where the line uh, changes from the owner operator and the their responsibility to locate to a private line or a homeowner's line, if you want to even be more uh, layman with the terms. So we're going to talk about all of that today. And so let's start that conversation now. So Jason, um, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Hey, MG. Yes. Thank you for having me again. Those of you that don't know me, I'm Jason Crow. I work for Green Equipment Company. Uh, I live in Northeast Oklahoma. I've been in damage prevention for 12, 13 years now. I uh, have been in the utility industry for a better part of 20. And uh, I deal with line locating equipment. A lot of what I do is training of people uh, to properly use the equipment as well. So you had asked me to come on and speak about important things with line locating and focus on high level equipment stuff. Um, want to stress those people listening, you know, the first part of this is most important is communication piece where you all come in. The right. side of things. Make sure you're doing what you need to to communicate effectively with your, your 811 local dig safe group. Um, as far as getting your ticket requests and being specific on what your scope of your project is going from there. Yeah. Well, let me take let me take the ball on that real quick. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, before locating locating can be done, a request to locate needs to be done. Um, that's okay. One one's role. Uh, we are the Oklahoma One Call System. When that phone call to A one one is made, we're going to process that locate request. Let those member companies that are in that geographic area of where the project's going to be done um, know that planned excavation is going to take place they're going to receive that notification and then have that area marked and located um, before your work to begin uh, date and time so that communication is huge um, as important as the rest of this information is going to be it all starts with that exactly exactly <clears throat> from that standpoint you know as you said you reach out to the member companies the asset owners and they take that information then they go to locate those lines depending on what type of utility it is, what it is they're particularly locating, will depend on what type of equipment they're using. You know, the most common one is what they call an electromagnetic line locator. It's a two-piece piece of equipment, a receiver and a transmitter. And often that transmitter is used to put a signal on that line and the receiver is used to pick it up. And that's how they trace that line out. Oh, okay. Um, that's all for metallic type of utilities. Now, if you start dealing with things like water lines, you know, a lot of PVC water lines. We've got a lot that across the state. Yeah. You know, you may have to look at a different tool. Um, some of those PVC water lines don't have tracer wire. If they do, we can locate that tracer wire like we would any other utility. But also, no, when you're locating a tracer wire, and it doesn't matter whether it's on a water line or a poly gas line, you're not necessarily locating that line. You're locating that wire. Okay. <laughs> Wherever that wire was put in, maybe it was put on above the line, below the line, two foot to the right, three foot to the left, that's what you're locating. So be mindful of that when you see those blue paint marks on the ground, if you know it's a PVC water line, you know, we've got that, what, 18 inches of tolerance on each side of the line, isn't 
the, the law here? Right. Really close. Yeah, really close. Um, each state varies. Here in Oklahoma, it's yes. 24 inches. Either 24 side inches. There you go. 24 inches on either side of that line. But be mindful of that because if you see that blue paint line there, be careful digging near it, regardless whether it's two foot or what have you. So um, also with the gas lines. So on a water type line, there's different types of utility locators you can use. Um, one is a seismic type of a locator where it may put a pulse of, of of energy down that water line and the receiver works like a seismometer. Oh, wow. So there's that technology available as well. Acoustic line locators where it, it's just a souped up set of headphones with an amplifier that you can use to listen for that water flow or that seismic thump. So there's another type of, of utility locator. Um, another type of locator that's out there is called a ground penetrating radar. They look like a lawnmower, read like a fish finder. You see them on the CSI type shows, people looking for dead bodies, right? You know, those those are great tools. That GPR is, is amazing, but it's very heavily dependent upon the soil conditions. So here in the state of Oklahoma, for example, we have a lot of red clay, right? That's, right? that's what we're dealing with. You know, in some cases it's effective, in some cases it's not. Unfortunately, no matter what it is you're line locating, there's not been that magic wand that's been invented yet. So you've got to know what you're looking for and, and pick the best tool for the job. And if you don't know, make sure you align yourself with the right people like myself to help educate you in, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is the scope of my work. And, and this is what I'm locating. So let's talk about what your needs are and figure out what the best tool is for the job. So okay. those are some different types of locating equipment that are available to use. So you mentioned magic wands. So yeah. I've, seen it a number of times speaking of magic wands the guys with the little mm -hmm. magic witching witching wands yeah tell me that works tell, or tell know, me it doesn't work what, what's your philosophy does it work or does well it I'll work? put it this way it, it really depends on the person um, you know I don't know it, it, it's <laughs> years ago when I got into the business there's a gentleman in a small town uh, in Arkansas just west of Little Rock uh, the guy had a name uh, very similar to an old country singer. He was a great guy, and he, he ran a small water department. And he's got these—he's got this fancy witching rod. Looks like a bicycle grip with a radio in it. <laughs> right? You may have seen him, and he's walking this ditch line. He goes, "Hey, look, I got something here. Oh, I got something here. Oh, I got something here." I said, "Well, that's fantastic." I said, "Which one's your line?" He goes, "Hell, I don't know. That's why I've got your line up here." That's a true story. So, when it comes to line locating, really, there's two schools of thought. I mean, one, we're looking at utility avoidance, right? When we're excavating, we're digging. I don't care whether it's a water line. I don't care whether it's gas. I don't care whether it's an electric line. Let's make sure I don't hit it, right? Right. Well, as an asset owner, I want to make sure I'm locating my utility. Right. right. It's just so subjective. You know, I'm a pretty well-insulated guy. And, you know, if you don't hold those welding rods, locate flags, whatever, just right, you know, you may see something, you may not see something. And I'm a firm believer of when you're dealing with damage prevention, you really are taking people's lives in your hands. And I'm not going to take that risk personally. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's all you've got. That's all you have. I mean, if you're uh, a landowner and you're trying to find a water line, an old plastic water line, you don't have any tracer wire on it. If you hit it, you're going to have to fix it anyway. Okay. You know, you mitigate yeah. the risk and deal with it accordingly. Yeah. But 
working in a congested area with a bunch of stuff in the dirt, I'm going to make sure I'm calling Okie 811, you know, making sure that I've, I've got that proper locate ticket submitted, making sure that all the asset owners are communicated with and waiting because, you know, 24, 48 hours, you know, just to make sure, man, my life and those people I work with lives are worth far more than that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to say it doesn't. I mean, I've got guys I work with that, you know, I've done it and I've seen safety directors of major pipeline companies, you know, use these. Not that this is the preferred method for line locating. Right. But, you know, some people do it to show off. Okay. <laughs> you know, depending on what industry you're in. Right. Different government entities that regulate how you operate. And if one of these companies are out performing damage prevention, witching, and one of these other government entities sees them doing it that way, it's going to raise a lot of red flags. So I say use the best tool you can for the job. I mean, mm-hmm. understand, you know, sometimes you're just, you're stuck. And yeah. you, you can with what you can. But if you do have a metallic line, get an electromagnetic line locator. Call a, if you don't have the need for the equipment yourself, Contact a private locate company if you need to, if it's on private land, do whatever you need to do, but make sure you're using the right tool for the job. Because again, at the end of the day, you know, whether it looks cool to which or not, you know, you can't tell whether you've got an electric line, a phone line, gas line, Jimmy Hoffa, right? (laughs) Because how that works is it that the electromagnetic field in the earth you know, as they're fine, as you find voids in the earth, that what rod is, is moving, you know, as you see, fine, oh, okay. that's how it works. And, eh, I mean, I'm no expert. I'm not an engineer in this, but that's, that's kind of the gist of it. So, yeah, I don't know. It sounds, it, it sounds like to me, like you would have to add for even it to be somewhat successful and we can get off this archaic net technology real quick, but to be even remotely successful, you already have to have an idea of which one is yours and where it was to begin with. Otherwise, yeah. like you said, you're just finding anything and everything. And if you don't know where yours was to begin with, you may be marking Joe Blow's electric line when you're trying to do your water line and it's not going to help anybody out. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know how it is. You hit a water line, it's messy. You hit a sewer line, it's stinky. You hit a fiber optic line, it can be very expensive, very expensive. You hit a gas line, you hit an electric line, you know, yeah. somebody's life. So, absolutely. It's um, the right tool for the job, knowing how to use it and then implementing that. Provided in partnership with Damage Prevention Academy, OKI811's excavator education program is certified by the Gold Shovel Standard. Upon completion of this training, you will be educated in the regulations surrounding excavation in Oklahoma and the best practices for safe digging and damage prevention. Okie 811 certified excavators can rely on this high quality online training, which specifically incorporates everything they need to know for the prevention of damage to critical buried infrastructure, as well as increased public and workforce safety. The training will take approximately two hours to complete. The training is fully responsive, mobile enabled, and can be completed on a desktop, laptop, tablet, or other mobile device as your schedule allows. The Oki 811 Damage Prevention Certification is a proactive indication of an increased investment in damage prevention to drive safety, reduce damages, 
and minimize the risks associated with excavating on or around buried assets. Once you have successfully completed the training and exam, you will receive a certificate of achievement, including the Gold Shovel Standard Seal. To get Oki 811 certified, go to oki811.org forward slash excavation certification. One thing that you mentioned um, through that is private line locating. Um, I love Oki 811. I love 811 as a service. Uh, one thing that I do want to remind um, our viewers or listeners, um, I guess if you're viewing, could be listening, um, but I digress. I want to, <laughs> our audience, uh, that when um, you call in a locate, that locate is going to be responded by the owners and operators of underground facilities, and they're going to locate what they own and maintain. So when they turn over that service over to the homeowner or the landowner, um, those lines are now private or, and they're the owner's responsibility as in the homeowners. So there may be a need to call that third party for a, a private line locating. A lot of plumbers, a lot of um, electricians, they have the ability to locate those lines. They've taken, if they have enough business, they're like, hey, I don't want to call a third party every single time. They'll invest. They'll call up Jason and get some equipment from him so that he can uh, locate on their own. So um, just keep that in mind. Um, if once you're located is complete, if you're a homeowner or you're a private um, contractor doing work, there's going to be a, um, a, a length or a run that may not be located because it's no longer owner operated by that member company. That's so true. That's so true, MG. And from what I've seen, is it really kind of depends on where you're working and, and to err on the side of caution. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you may have someone who's line locating is a bit of an overachiever and they decide, hey, all right, I'm going to go ahead and paint it all the way up to the house. You know, mm -hmm. maybe they've got ability. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Uh, I think you said by law, it's not required, you know, because they're just yeah. locating what they own. And if they do do that, that's just an extra service. Um, right. So. Yeah, and, and it's going to vary. Um, different municipalities have different uh, responsibilities of what they're going to locate. So be in communication with those that are on your ticket. Um, if there's numbers of, uh, provided to you by the locators, give them a call and be like, hey, does this end at the end of the run and it's like, I don't have to worry about anything else? Or is it being turned over to me and now there's a private line? Um, exactly. Because similar to what the beginning of it all is communication, before a shovel goes into the ground, just one more opportunity to communicate. Say, yeah. double check the ticket, make sure that every company that's listed on your locate request has responded either by painting flies on the ground, either a phone call or an email saying they're all clear, just something to say that they're done. Um, through our app, our OK11 app that's on your smartphone, there's even what's called positive response. They can respond to you right there and put um, that they've been there that it's been marked or that's all clear. So you can just go straight back to that hub that's on your phone to see what that information is. So communicate, but prior to doing any excavation, let them respond to it in a timely manner. Um, in Oklahoma, it's a minimum of three business days, but you may extend that locate um, time out to the start time of when your project's going to begin up to 10 days. So um, to wait that required time and then just verify that everything's been located before doing any work. One of the so, things to touch on with the communication, MG, is you said if you're going to be doing work, and I mean, granted, I deal with the equipment and training people how to do it, but mm -hmm. in the communication piece of it is so critical. In the state of Oklahoma, we don't have a white line law. 
proposed excavation, right? So if you're in a contractor out there doing some some digging or some boring or whatever, and you you put in a call for a, a 10 mile run, you know, realistically, are you going to be dealing with all miles here in the next two, three days? Maybe not. You know, there becomes a misperception between contractors and asset owners and a belief that, okay, well, these guys aren't going to locate it quick enough. Well, okay, it's going to take you really how long to get down mile one. You right. know, if you're trying to be mindful of these things and communicating effectively on what do you really need right now, you know, I've seen engineering companies that are doing uh, civil work put in tickets for survey type stuff. And, you know, sometimes things get moved down on the priority list and they end up making investments in equipment. Because right. it wait, you know, if you're clear with your communication, the scope of what you're doing, is it an emergency ticket? Is it really? <laughs> you know, well, I'm putting my fence in here in two weeks. Okay, is it really an emergency? Or no, we've got a water leak right now, and we're gonna have to dig it up. We want to make sure we're not hitting somebody else. Okay, that's a different story. So, yeah. that communication piece is critical. Um, and like you said, to reiterate, you know, it doesn't hurt to to reach back out to those asset owners saying, hey. You know, if you've not seen that, I got an all clear. I've got those flags in the ground or, or paint on the ground, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, and when it comes to communication, I mean, what you talked about, white lining. Unfortunately, in Oklahoma, here's my theory. In 1979, when this law was first starting to be drafted up, Oklahoma's running short on white paint. Um, the reason that theory is there. <laughs> oh, yes. That's the best reaction of that joke I've ever nice, had. Nice. I've, I've said that one a hundred times. That's the first time someone's laughed. Uh-huh. Um, that's my theory. And the reason being is in a lot of states, they do require white lining. It is a best practice. It's going to help to locate so much. Um, and what white lining does is two things. It um, obviously gives the locator exactly, hey, this is where my work is going to be. But it also makes the escalator more mindful of his scope of work. If I'm putting in a mailbox, I do not need my full property located, right? I'm not checking, I'm not running to the backyard to check my mail, things like that. Um, and then when the uh, 10 mile projects that come, um, they're going to exist. There are some construction companies that have the crews that can do all those things. And those large projects are there. But if you are mindful and you go, well, I know that I can only work in this area for within the next 10 days and I can work in this area for the next 10 days, understanding your scope and where you're going to be working you're going to make a lot of friends on the other side when it comes to those locators. You're going to improve your communication with them. And, um, you're, and if you ever need a favor down the road, you'll be really glad you did it that way. Absolutely. You know, and as the scope of that project goes on, you know, there's a phrase I use when I give training classes, when it comes to equipment, it's taking five minutes on the front end to save you 45 on the back end. Absolutely. Extensive project here in three, four weeks, when you go out to go finish, you know, mile four, five and six, maybe the paint's gone. Maybe the flags are gone. Okay. Now you've opened yourself up to, to possible, you know, possible, you know, responsibility if you hit something. So, um, just a piece of it is is just as important, you know, in a, in a, a previous conversation I had with another group, you know, the three components of a successful, you know, damage prevention program in my mind is number one, communication. It starts with that. Number two is the equipment. And number three is making sure that you are knowledgeable, not just in how to run the equipment, but the laws, building those relationships right. with people. So, yeah. And um, so, I agree completely. Oh, let's just for 
a recap purpose, not to wrap up the entire conversation, but just what we've talked about so far. We're going to start with step one, and that's going to be calling in that locate request. You know you're going to be digging within an area. You know your scope of work. You're going to white line it if you want to make it as best as possible. You're going to at least know your scope of work and describe it as accurately as possible. Give that information to the member companies and give them the correct amount of time. If um, in Oklahoma now, you can give up to 10 days notice. So if you're not going to dig for nine days, give them all nine days. Give them that opportunity to communicate with you, get that locate process. So if you can plan ahead, the more you can, the better uh, results you're going to have in getting it all located. But minimum of three business days, you call it in, you let us know. We're going to process it based on that geographic region. We're going to process that locate. We're going to notify those member companies in that area. Wait the required time. Get the um, communication back to you. Know whether they're clear, whether your marks are on the ground, or if you need to put in a second notice if you haven't heard any response from them at all during that time frame. And then before you dig, um, after you get all that confirmation, understand what the importance of hand digging is. Um, any locator, they have that tolerance zone of two feet either side of that marking. Remember the paint or flags. That, within that two feet, don't bring in your backhoe yet. Do not bring in heavy equipment. Take your time, use some hand tools, discover, support, and protect those lines for the length of your project so that you can now dig safely around them throughout the um, length of your project. And then one thing that we haven't said, but I just want to remind you, is as your project continues, if that project is going to take you six, eight weeks, whatever the case may be, um, we ask that you update your locate request every seventh business day from the start time of your project. Um, that way you'll always have an active ticket throughout your project. Um, we don't want you to um, lose that communication because what happens, we, we're in Oklahoma. You may put in that request um, three days ago, got it marked, you are on day seven right now, and you're like, oh, this is no big deal. And then day nine, you get a rainstorm and you can't see your markings anymore. And you, you're gonna have to pause your project because otherwise you're taking a big risk because you don't have a active locate request while you're digging. So you need to update every seventh business day to keep one active throughout your length of your project. Absolutely. And that should keep you hopefully um, safe if you're doing all those things. You know, MG, as you were talking, I just thought of an analogy. I try and put my, try and find parallels and things, you know. Granted, mm -hmm. we don't have these white line laws here in the state, but it's kind of like going to the grocery store, right? You make a list for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. If 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 your your significant other said here, here's a grocery list, and it just said get groceries, okay. What are you going to get? Versus okay, I need bread, milk, eggs, whatever. Make sure you're taking that time to put that that information down there. So, and yeah, you're right. I have seen many many times, especially with this Oklahoma weather right now. You know, markings get washed away. Homeowner down the road, well, I'm mowing the grass. I'm going to pull the flags out the ground. Yeah. Um, holy smokes, you're working in a rural area? Cows seem to love to eat locate flags. I know you probably heard of it too. It just, yeah, it is what it is. So, like you said, staying current with your communication. Uh, no, no, it, it's so we can talk about the technology some more, um, but ultimately, Communication begins at all. The technology of locating is going to help keep you safe. And um, similar to giving the scope of before you work, the locating is going to give you the scope of where to hand dig and discover and um, make sure that those lines are protected. And then you can continue on with your project. So um, 
with that, I want to transition to one other thing. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure when you may be able to hear or see this conversation, but we do have um, some virtual sessions coming up on July 7th and 8th. So if you're listening to it anytime before then, I want you to know that those sessions are going to be free. Um, you'll just go to www.okexcavationsafety.com and you'll be able to see the 10 topics that we're going to cover over those two business or those two days on Tuesday and Wednesday, July 7th and 8th. And Jason um, is going to go and have a session over locating. And can you give yes. us kind of a overview of what that session Absolutely. is going to be about? You know, we really touched on just at a real high level today. There's different types of locators and as communication is an important piece, making sure you've got the best tool for the job is just as critical. You know, you can open a door with a 16 inch pipe wrench, but there's a lot easier way to do it. <laughs> right. Right. Same, same when it comes to line locating. What we're going to talk about on July 7th is electromagnetic line locators. That's this one right here. Um, it's a kind of a high level locate theory. It's the classroom part of, of what I teach when I teach a class to, to my clients and customers. So um, we're gonna talk about passive locating versus active locating. You know, and these electromagnetic line locators, again, are designed to locate metallic utilities. So PVC with tracer wire, poly with tracer wire, pipe, cable, what have you. So passive versus active locating. How to get the three ways to get a signal in line when you are actively locating. We're gonna talk about frequency selection, you know, to make sure you're most accurate with your locate. From there, we're going to talk about determining the signal shape on that line to make sure that my my locate is most accurate. If I've got bleed off, you know, how can I identify that? And if I do have bleed off, what are some things that I can do to make that locate more accurate? So this way, as I'm communicating back that I've got my locate done, I'm most accurate. So, and lastly, to make sure that I'm getting the distance I need to out of my equipment, make sure that signal's traveling as far as I need to to get my locate completed so I'm operating more efficiently. So, passes versus active locating, you know, making sure I'm right on my locate. If I'm not, what can I do to be better and how can I make that signal travel further if I need to? So, man, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's just a little over a month away um, from when we're recording this um, conversation. So, um, I know that you've put a lot of effort and time into getting a presentation together. So, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And um, I know that we're going to have an opportunity to promote it quite a bit between now and then. Um, if you're hearing this and you're out there in the industry and you're um, marking lines for your city, your water district, your electric company, whatever um, utility that's underground, be sure to attend that class. If, you, if you're interested enough to click on this message, you're going to want to be a part of that training session on July 7th. So please check it out. So with that, thank you so much, Jason, for joining us today. Um, what information you've shared with us is so valuable. And um, I'm, I'm you, MG. lucky to hear it all, you know. I tell you, as people have questions, you know, I have a real passion for this industry and I have a real passion for damage prevention. Please reach out to me as you all have questions. I've used most everybody's line locating equipment. Um, excited to continue to partner with, with great organizations like OK811. But you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. Um, you know, you've got my number. So <laughs> if anybody needs anything, you've got questions, please feel free to reach out. I look forward to working with y'all further. Absolutely. We're going to include your um, contact information uh, with this publication. So um, it'll be there. Um, and as well as my contact information, the easy one is education at OK11.org. Um, however you reach out to us, we'll make sure you get the answers that you're looking for um, throughout um, 
your locating needs or just understanding damage prevention um, just as an industry. Um, I know that we're both very passionate about it. We're both very uh, involved day to day um, with our construction crews or our homeowners, as well as just the utilities as uh, in general. So we want to do everything we can to promote safety and damage prevention within the state of Oklahoma.